You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. And with me is my guest, Dr. Kenneth Brigham, Professor of Medicine and Vice President of Predictive Health at Emory University School of Medicine. And I'm your host, Dr. Danny Petrasic. Welcome, Dr. Brigham. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure to have you here today, and we're going to be questioning you a little bit about this brand new Predictive Health Institute at, I suppose it's a combined Emory and Georgia Tech program. That's correct. That sounds very exciting. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about the program and the institute and how it was designed and what the mission of the, of the institute is. Really, the institute evolved out of a variety of discussions that were going on over the last four or five years about the center around the, the question of what are the real sort of transforming opportunities in biomedicine over the next several years that we here at Emory and with Georgia Tech and in the environment that we're in might have the resources to play a leading role in. And from several directions, the idea of this migration of really all of biomedicine, but healthcare in particular, from a disease focus to a health focus, from a from diagnosis to prediction, seemed to fit what we thought we could do really well and, and we're excited about. That's very, very interesting. So is this the first such center that we have in this country? I think it's the first, the first center that's done the way we're doing it. There are a number of centers that deal with personalized health. There's a prospective medicine program. Most of those are either heavily or exclusively genetics-focused, which ours is not, or is really focused on disease, uh, early diagnosis and care of disease. We're, we're about trying to define health in positive terms as something other than the absence of disease and being able to measure things that then define the course of health over, over time and provide r- rationales for intervening. The other thing I think that people haven't done is had the broad disciplinarity that, that our institute brings to this out of the discussions came the conclusion that if we're going to really change biomedicine, it's going to take more than the scientists, or at least the biomedical scientists. It's going to take business people, economic models, uh, behavioral experts, ethicists, uh, a whole variety of disciplines need to focus around this issue. And I don't think anybody else is doing it like that. Yeah, I noticed it was quite impressive. There was a range of disciplines that seemed to be interacting here, including anthropology and law and business. So how does that get designed? I mean, how do those different disciplines bear upon, let's say, an individual? There's a component of the institute called the Center for Health Discovery that is the translational part of this. That's the part where we intend to see healthy people and measure a bunch of things and and collect data that then will be the grist for the research mill to develop new predictive models. But there also is a, is a large piece earlier in development that will be laboratory science-based to identify new biomarkers of health, new uh, approaches, new technologies for measuring things that are related to health and then are predictive. And a third part that is we call the policy and practice part that, again, will involve people from the School of Public Health, from the college, from the business school, looking at economic models and business models that are viable to migrate the healthcare system toward this health focus. Is the institute up and running at the moment, or is it at a preliminary stage? The Center for Health Discovery part, the translational part, exists in reality. (laughs) 
there's there's real estate there people and we'll actually see our initial participants in this program the first of the year and the database is, is built and the web portals and all the all the parts of it that are essential to function the other parts are still in the embryonic stage we're in the process of planning recruiting a large recruiting effort for a large number of new faculty who actually will populate these other parts of the institute. Very interesting. So when do you expect this to actually open and, and become a real like center with patients and so forth? As the first of the year, the full realization of the institute, the full realization of it will actually take place over the next few years. We're including building a new building, recruiting 35 or 40 faculty between Emory and Georgia Tech, and expanding the institute out in, into its full concepts. Very interesting. So maybe an interesting idea for me would be, is it possible for you to sort of walk us through what a typical patient would experience? What is the patient experience going to be like once they, let's say, sign up for such a clinic visit? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll do that. But we don't call these people patients. Uh, We call them participants, actually. We don't call them patients because we feel very strongly that this needs to be a health-focused activity. We need to try not to use a lot of the traditional jargon of medical practice that is disease-focused to create a different kind of field. So the Center for Health Discovery is a facility that is uniquely designed physically as well. The, The experience is not like a clinic or a doctor's office at all. It's been described as sort of halfway between a spa and a fitness center (laughs) so that it's a very different feel to the environment when you come. So the person who enters this program will be greeted into the space, will be assigned a health partner who is, uh, these are specifically trained people for, for this program, who will then walk them through a series of web-based questionnaires and instruments that collect self-reported data about physical health, mental health, emotional health, spirituality. There's a scale, a languishing, flourishing scale that actually was developed by a sociologist here. A whole variety of information about sort of health and the whole human experience context. Having completed that, then in the center, measurements will be made of height and weight, blood pressure, body composition, including percent body fat by traditional anthropometry, but also an IDEXA scan, which is a scan that gives bone density and percent body fat. They will then have some measurements of of cardiovascular health based on ultrasound, looking at central blood pressure, peripheral vascular function, the thickness of the carotid artery as an early marker of atherosclerosis. Then they will have urine and blood collected for a whole battery of tests, many of which are known to be predictive, the the routine things that people would do. But then several measurements, both of circulating constituents in biochemical measurements, but also cells in circulating blood that will look at immune function, what we call regenerative health, which is circulating stem cell number and function, some elaborate measurements of immune health based on T-cell measurements and oxidative stress, uh, measurements of oxidative stress. So those are experimental measurements that we have reason to think are predictive, but we don't really know yet. So we'll have then all of that information in a database. We will 
from the things that we know are predictive, develop a personal health plan, and the health partner will then work with this person over time to implement the plan and to follow progress and agreed upon endpoints that are related to health and risk of disease. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Reach MDXM 157. I'm your host, Dr. Danny Petrasic, and with me today is Dr. Kenneth Brigham, Professor of Medicine and Vice President of Predictive Health at Emory University School of Medicine. And we're discussing the new Predictive Health Institute over at uh, Emory slash Georgia Tech. So, Dr. Brigham, when did you start forming this concept for predictive health? It really goes back about five years. And uh, as I said earlier, it came out of some early discussions about what were the opportunities that were likely to be really, really breakthrough opportunities in biomedicine over the next 10 to 20 years. And this idea emerged. And a lot of it, the reason it's, it's timely is that there are a lot of factors that are making it possible to do things we haven't been able to do before. Some of it is, is the science and technology, which is as you know, we're exploding at an enormous rate. So we have tools now that we couldn't have dreamed of a few years ago, and there'll be more coming along rapidly. So that's part of it. But then also there's this recognition that the cost of health care is not sustainable as it is, that a lot of people don't have access, that the, at least the population measures of health suggest that our people are not as healthy as in other developed countries where they spend less on health care. So that there are political influences, business influences that are saying something needs to change. And the fact that it's possible to look at health in different, new and different ways and perhaps identify new ways to measure it and new interventions that keep people healthy as opposed to treating them after they get sick made a lot of sense, as well as we thought we had a lot of the resources it took to lead that kind of an effort. Absolutely. I mean, the, the information that's available now through biological science is unprecedented, and it's probably difficult to decide what things to measure and which things are the most reliable. So is that a challenge for the institute and clinic for the participants? Yes, it is. And and one of our goals is to try to collect a very large amount of information and relating it to, over time, to people's health that we'll be able to identify what are the most informative things and therefore be able to have some discrimination in what we think is really effective in a clinical setting. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Kenneth Brigham of Emory University. He is a professor of medicine and vice president of predictive health. You're listening to Reach MD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Danny Petrasic. Thank you so much, Dr. Brigham. This has been really enlightening. I enjoyed it very much.